Speak Better Best Books with authors, readers, and other endangered species. I'm your guide, Katerina Valentin. Come and join us. So welcome to this episode of Big Better Best Books podcast. And my guest today is Vladica, and I'm going to have you say your last name. Georgievich. <laughs> just so I don't, you know, make it sound really strange. And she has just come out with a, a book called You Are the Power, Choose to Create the Life You Desire. And um, I actually spent the morning reading this book and it made me cry. <laughs> so I think it is a beautiful book that you've created. And I'm so grateful I got to read it. Thank I, you. So, oh, there were so many things. I've known Vladichev for many, many years. And I know the story, kind of, that the book is based on. Um, and I must say, reading this just gave me a whole new sense of you and the possibilities that you've created based on this book. So thank you so much for writing this book. And I have some questions around the book, but my first one that I found so beautiful is your description of your childhood um, from Serbia. Yes. <laughs> and in the nearly magical sense. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So can you tell tell the listeners a little bit of when you included that part what was that like for, like you know it's kind of like a biography this book it starts at the very beginning of your life and then moves forward so how was it for you to write about your childhood and how you you know how that came about and how you ended up in Sweden thank you for asking and I would like to actually acknowledge one of my editors for that, Yasmina, because uh, when I, uh, I gave her the manuscript of the book and she said, but I don't see anything here about your childhood and I know where you are born and it is a magical place. So this is actually how she took me back to the memories of my childhood. And yes, it was a very beautiful place. And it was a place where I was very close to nature. And I ended up in Sweden. I think it was almost 50 years ago when all the people from that part of Serbia went abroad because everybody was asking for money. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, luckily... All those countries like Germany, Austria, and Sweden, they were asking for um, people from abroad to come to work in their countries so that they can build the countries. So this is how I ended up in Sweden when I was 10 years old with my parents. Yeah, and and one of the things, so this book is about, sounds, we started in a place where it sounds like it's it's a very soft story with with a lot of magic and it is and it it really is a story about an event that most people would call tragic or like kind of like the end of life it's the loss of your son who was murdered um in sweden so one of the things that for me was so striking was that because you describe your childhood and because we we get the sense of how life started for you and Vladicek grew up with 
in many ways in a very different place than modern Sweden, where, you know, one of the, my favorite descriptions is how you were healing different diseases by having a bag of, of potatoes around your head. And then you would wake up the next morning and you would be healed. Or when you yes. wash your water in, it wash your hair in rainwater and things like that. It was a very different childhood than we would expect today. And then you also describe your son's childhood with you in Sweden and how his life developed into what then ended in that tragic uh, Midsummer Night many years ago. So for me, that edition of your childhood really brings like a, a depth and, a, and an understanding to you become real people. You become real. Yes. You are real with that story. And then your son becomes even more real because we know your story. And then you bring that, the mother he has that raises him. Yeah, that that part is such a beautiful start of the book. And then I kind of see him as even the explorer comes into your life. <laughs> and you talk about him as this child who would explore everything and really was curious about the most strange and sometimes dangerous things in his life. <laughs> yes, he was very different. <laughs> and, and now when you when you were writing about his childhood, what was that like for you? Like what when you were because it's a way of looking back at what occurred. And okay, so first of all, it was not easy for me to write this book. I think I wrote it for years, and uh, every time I I wrote something was more a way of healing myself and uh, connecting with him and uh, allowing myself to receive from him. I know that this maybe sounds strange, but um, as I'm writing in the book, uh, he never actually left me. He was His energy was around me all the time. So, um, yeah, I don't know if this was an answer to your question, but... Uh, well, it was. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so because it was I mean this was really a devastation in in my life and a devastation in our life and uh, I made a, I made a choice to 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 live and I made a choice to be a change and to be a contribution to consciousness with with this experience um and Parts of my family, like my mom, she could never get over it. And uh, my daughter, is, she's still struggling with some emotions uh, and the loss. So, um, yeah. Well, it is a very, um, it's a very heavy, in a way, like story. Yes, your son had a lot of problems with drugs and yes. things like that before this occurred. So, and but he was murdered in a, in a, cruel and very violent way. So I would say that this book can bring a lot of people who've lost people, not just in that way, but in general, the way you describe what you're choosing, both really before, because it's it, your, your way of choosing your life started before this occurred, but then how you, instead of then stopping and starting to create your life, you continue to choose. And I really like, there's a part where you you had started to use this modality called access consciousness, which you also use a lot in the book. Yes. Um, and you had contacted one of the creators of that and asked him, you know, say that I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I have to just be sad now. Yes. Yes. 
it was and actually just two weeks after the event. I mean, the, this this devastating moment that I uh, sent a text message to Dane. Yeah. Yeah. And do you remember his answer? Do you remember it? Yes, of course, because I have it in the book. And yeah. he, he actually, he wrote, uh, well, you can kill yourself and be the... Um, effect of of this situation or you can start living which in that moment it was i i was shocked because that was not what i was expecting to receive and luckily i mean he was in sweden that summer he was in sweden actually i think he came just two weeks after that and he was doing a lot of classes in um, Malmö which was very close to me and then to Copenhagen and I went to one of the classes where I just received body processes and uh, I don't honestly remember who was in the class or what he was talking about mm -hmm. I the only thing that was uh, and that I will always remember is all that energy that he gifted me and all that kindness and all that caring. And because uh, when I went, uh, when and a couple of weeks later, it was my son's funeral and people were quite shocked by looking at me and, and, and uh, sensing that strongness that I was um, radiating and uh, I mean it took me a couple of months to understand Dane's message but he was actually one of the most kindest person because he empowered me to step into all that potency and to choose a life and to go beyond and to receive the possibilities that will create more for from the world and um yeah, so I will always be grateful. Um, this is why I mention a lot Access Consciousness and also Gary Douglas and, and Dane in the book because uh, the way they empowered me was so different than the way that someone would empower you in this reality because all my friends around me and the people, they were actually crying and uh, were devastating. So there was no one there to give me that that um, empowerment of what it means to go beyond a tragedy. Yes, yes. And, and I actually wanted to, you write so in the book you say that, you know, when first when you got Dane's answer, you got angry mm -hmm. and you felt like he wasn't caring about you. And I, I wanted to bring this up because one of the things that I noticed in your book is that the way that people usually function after a tragedy is that, you're supposed to have sympathy and empathy and all that that comes with it. Yes. But what you're really saying is that what really helped was people actually assisting you in looking at making a choice to continue to live, making a choice, not, not only giving sympathy, because that's of course has its place too. But I, I just, that part also in your book, you're giving a lot of practical ways in the end of the book, you have a, section called coaching and meditations where you look at anger joy how to choose all these different things and they're quite practical yes. and they also ask people to look what what do you really have going on what are you really choosing what are you really looking at so when you look at that from how has that been received from your family around this kind of nearly like more of a straightforward communication less of the like 
quite right on, if that makes sense. So how how does that received by your family when you write about it in this way? Well, in the beginning, it was not received at all. I was actually only judged and nobody could understand my choice. And what I think it was a little bit scareful, it was also this... Um, this way of being that I was, this, this, this strength, can I call it strength? I don't want to yes. say power because yes. uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's different energy. But this strength that I had was actually a little bit scary for people because everybody was expecting me to be almost sick and to be hospitalized or something because this was not somebody dying this was a, a tragical devastation that not that shocked uh, the city and many 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 other people so it was not well received in the beginning but actually two years later i think that my family and my dad for example now he's very grateful for my strength and for my choice and he's very proud and he is actually asking how can i help you to to make this book um, and known and help you to sell it so it's because uh, i don't want to sell the book but this was actually his expression which is very interesting and but it took a couple of years and some of my friends they were also very shocked. And I think I write about that in, in the book because they didn't expect me to travel or to do something. What was expected from me is to mourn and to be unhappy and to be um, almost, yeah, almost locked into my apartment for at least a year or two. And I, I come from a part of the world that we also have it as a tradition. When somebody dies, you have to show that and you show it in a way uh, like you have to wear black colors and you are not supposed to play music. And there are certain rules and regulations how you mourn. And I, yeah. yeah, and I did the opposite. So, yes, it was not well received in the beginning. <laughs> well, and it's it's eight years ago now. Is that correct? It's nine years ago. It's actually Midsummer Eve, so it is in a week here in Sweden. Yes. So it's nine years ago. So it's also you've been then working really with this book. What would how many years would you say you've been working on it? <sighs> I am not sure, but. For sure, four or five. <laughs> yes. So what is it like now when it's when it's done? Like what is it like for you when when you finish this? Is there a sense of relief or peace or what what's Yes, and it's like it has his its own life, which is very interesting. because uh, uh, I don't read it myself now. I've been working with it so much, so I almost I almost forgot what that wrote, <laughs> but it's like it have it's having its own life, and uh, uh, the gratitude that I receive from people uh, reading the book is telling me that this was the right thing to do. It was the yeah. right thing to do to go out there with this vulnerability and to just let it go and let it travel and let it contribute and let it help and show people that actually there is another way 
of uh, making a choice and that choice uh, can help other people. So in the way what you're saying is that the book now has its own life. Yes, it will be a co-creation with every reader with reading your words and what is it like to write about something so personal that people now around the whole world will read about people that you don't know? Is is What is it like for you? Uh, for me, it was my healing process, actually. Mm. It was my healing process, and it was also allowing myself to receive. And I don't want to use the word understand, but it was a process of, Yes, maybe understand that there is something else uh, that is greater uh, being in this body and embodied um, is the greatness of embodiment is actually to open the doors for awareness and uh, mm. to allow yourself to receive every situation as a creation and understand that this is your experience and you have all the choices available for you and what you are going to do with it. Yeah. What are you going to choose? Yeah. What would you say that, I mean, you talk about happiness really from the very beginning of the book, when you describe you wanted a, a man like your dad who was happy <laughs> and, all that. and then happiness is really joy and happiness is really something that come up several times in the book. And it's also part of the, things and the coachings you have at the end. So what would you say that happiness is for you now? Well, happiness for me right now is actually a state of peace where I am, um, where I'm being present with, uh, with my life as it is without too many expectations or uh, uh, I, I don't even look back what, and ask the question why, but happiness for me is, is honestly just to, to wake up in the morning and to realize that, wow, I have one more day to be here or one hour or I don't know even how long because we don't know what will happen in the next 10 seconds. Uh, and I am going to use that to create even more and to contribute even more. So this is how I look at it every day. Thank you. Um, another thing that goes through a lot too, that's like a recurring theme is gratitude. And one of the things that I think a lot of people when it comes to death and tragic death is like the, the sense of, it often pops up like guilt or blame or shame, like all of those. And to me, it seems like Somehow you've instead chosen gratitude <laughs> as the as the main the, the the thing you go back to even even when you describe like how you may have missed some signs of your son's drug abuse you know at an early stage before you realized what's going on there's still a sense of gratitude for yourself there's a sense of gratitude for what you were choosing an allowance and gratitude so how much does that contribute to you that you have somehow managed to create a gratitude for you and a gratitude for what occurred. Could you talk a little bit about that? I also want to want to say that this didn't came to me like, you know, oh, now I'm going to choose to be grateful. Uh, that was a practice. Uh, I practiced every day um, 
what does it mean and how can I be grateful for everything? And I actually realized that the greatest power that you can have is to be grateful and to, to be needlessness uh, because that allows you to receive everything and to be with everything. And it also allows you to understand that uh, you have a power to create whatever you like. You can be happy, you can be unhappy, uh, you can uh, be sick, and you can change that too if you want to with your body. So I, I still practice that. I, every evening before I go to bed, I'm actually looking at, so what is it that I can be grateful for today? And if something didn't go as I wanted it to, I am always asking the question, so what was it in this that I can be grateful for that will create something different for me tomorrow morning? And as I said, that is a practice for me. I practice every day and that is a way of of also choosing joy and happiness um i listen to classes every day i read something every day i write something every day and this is what keeps me going i'm not saying that this is something for you but this is what keeps me going and gives me that uh, that sense of uh, of the beauty of being alive and the beauty of receiving every day with new eyes and new curiosity. That's beautiful. And, and that is also part of what you have at the end of the book, right? With the different coachings and meditations that you add there. Yes. And um, for me, it's actually about never stop learning. So... Uh, um, I don't know. We are all different. As I said, uh, I, I invest all my money in, in, in classes. <laughs> and uh, then I'm using that knowledge to transform it and to contribute to other people. And that gives me a lot of joy. So, yeah. Well, and I just wanted to point out for somebody who's looking at, you know, checking out this book that, the meditations and coachings that are at the end, they're very, the, the book is a story about what occurred and, and what Vladicha was choosing and what different things were changing. And it's, it is an enlightening story in so many ways, but at the end, the meditations are very concrete and they are very like hands-on things that you can use to, to really try out some of the perspectives and tools that Vladicha is talking about in this book. So don't miss that last part <laughs> when you're reading the book. Um, do you want to talk something more about those, that particular more practical part of your book? Uh, yes. Um, I mean, I don't know if the listeners know, but uh, I am uh, I am an access consciousness facilitator traveling all over around the world, contributing to bodies. But I have also in my portfolio a lot of other stuff. So I have a lot of leadership trainings and I'm also a Kundalini yoga teacher and a classical homeopath. So I actually use the meditations and yoga myself every day for at least 10 minutes. And there is a meditation that I contributed to the reader that is called actually letting go and living now and i i encourage you and empower you to use it and to get the sense of what it means to you 
to let go of everything, to let go of everyone. And realize that when you let go, you actually have everything there for you and everyone is with you. So just, I really empower you and encourage you to practice that meditation of letting go and living now. And let me know what occurs for you when you do it. And the, the coaching and meditations are a way of inspiring people to understand that there are a lot of tools that we can use when we are in a situation that we believe in that moment that's not changeable. But I just want to empower you to know that it is only a situation. And it is in that moment that you may be feel that there is no way out, but there is always a way out because life is moving, life is changing, and life is blossoming all the time. It never stops. So why should you stop? That's beautiful. There was also this one line that I was noticing in the book. I know we're, we're running out of time here, but there was one line that I this really catched my eye. It was quite early in the book and you were talking about how you left your marriage and moved away and separated and the kids lived, you actually have, you know, the kids lived with both you and your husband. And, and you said that nobody was awake during these 13 years of the marriage. Yeah. Would you, could you talk a little bit about that? What, what does that, what does that mean? And, and would you say you are awake now? Yes and no. <laughs> well, well, it was it was uh, for us. We were young, and um, I mean, I want to honor my ex-husband, but uh, we were more interested in actually proving of uh, how we have money to wear nice clothes, to travel all around the world. Uh, it was about the right friends and the right people and the right education. It was actually never about uh, consciousness. Uh, and uh, we forgot to be present and to look at what is it that we are having right now and what is it that is the most important thing for us. And uh, somehow we forgot about our children. And uh, it was a lot of self-interest in that. And uh, if I'm more awake now, I'm not totally awake, but yes, I would like to say yes. Uh, I have an awareness today that is totally incredible and it surprises me also sometimes. <laughs> uh, yes, I am very aware today and today my choices are totally different compared with the choices that I made when I was married. And I don't say that that was wrong. That was the, actually, maybe that was what was required uh, as an experience in my own life so that I can be where I am today. Yeah, I think in many ways this book yeah. also is an invitation for people to wake up more, to be present with their life and with their choices and to be present whatever comes up, whatever occurs. So 
it's just it's it's part of you can you can perceive that through the story how you are waking up to you yes yes who you truly are yes I think you do you have any plans of writing something more or what's your oh that's interesting what you're asking me yes (laughs) yes I would I'm actually writing on a book and um it is more to go into deep about uh, bodies, about uh, uh, money, about relationships. And this is um, based on all the experience that I have with uh, working with thousands of people all around the world that mm-hmm. I've been doing now for almost 10 years. So I would like to contribute to people even more to really, really understand how they can use their powers and their abilities and their capacities as a gift and how they can generate their lives in a totally different way. Do you have a tentative title? Uh, <laughs> I would like to keep it for a while. <laughs> I have a secret tentative title. Yes. I very much look forward to reading that too. And um, how can people find the book if they would like to find it? They can find the book. There is a page called uh, www. Uh, youarethepowerbook.com and they can also find the book in Access Consciousness shop. Yes, thank you. Yes, Yes. and also on Amazon of course. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation with me and and thank you so much for giving me the gift of reading this book. It really touched me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much Katerina for inviting me and yeah, really thank you. It touched me too to be on this interview with you and it is the first one that I'm doing in English. So thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. And if if anyone wanted to follow um, and know when the next Big Better Best Books podcast is coming on, please go to bigbetterbestbooks.com and sign up for for our little email invitations so that you don't miss any of the shows. Thank you very much and thank you, Vladich, again. Thank you. Bye. Bye.